Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast. On today's episode, I speak with another candidate for the second vice president of N4A, Brady Rourke. Brady currently serves as the Associate Athletic Director of Academic Support Services at the University of Maryland. In today's podcast, we discuss why he thinks he deserves to be the next second vice president of N4A and the main reason behind it, which is of giving back to the association, which is N4A, that's given so much to him through his leadership principles of focus, trust, and communication. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in, and I hope you find the conversation fruitful. How's it going today, Brady? Hey, Jack, going great. It's a pleasure to be with you this afternoon, and I just appreciate you providing this opportunity for us as candidates to uh, share a little bit more about our platform. So really appreciate the opportunity. It's my pleasure. Uh, Before we get going on more of the in-depth questions, uh, do you mind providing our listener base more of an introduction about your work, not only at Maryland, but also within N4A. Yeah, I'd be happy to. You know, I was a student athlete in high school, had the opportunity to play football, basketball, and baseball, and was blessed with some really, really phenomenal high school coaches that inspired me to to get into education and remain connected to sport. Had the opportunity to attend Penn State, and that's where I was introduced to the profession as an intern in the Morgan Academic Center for Student Athletes. And at that at that same time, was really introduced to the N4A Association profession something that the folks who I worked with very early in my career believed in, therefore introduced me to to it, and really just fell in love with it, and it's the only thing I've known and done since. Uh, that was in 2003 when I did an internship and, and graduated. So I have had the experience of working now at six institutions of higher education, all in student-athlete services in a variety of capacities and, and roles. With a lot of with a lot of tremendous people, started as a as a graduate assistant in academic support with football student athletes at Penn State. Worked full time with football and track and field at Arizona State. Re- returned to Penn State as a football academic advisor at uh, for from 2013 for about five and a half years there, and then transitioned to an assistant and eventually then an associate director role at Syracuse University overseeing football academics, where I then uh, transitioned to an associate athletic director role at at West Virginia University before making a move to Appalachian State to oversee the Student Learning Center, which was six uh, separate units. And then uh, most recently, nine months ago, making the transition to College Park back in the Big Ten at the University of Maryland, you know, I've been a part of N4A throughout all those professional moves, um, always prioritized being involved. I've joined committees early on, had a chance to chair the Model Practices Committee, 
had a chance in 2015 was was asked to uh, serve on our board of directors and did that for three years under three tremendous presidents um, and really just have had the chance to present at conventions and things and it's just something that's inspired me throughout my professional career so here we are uh, pursuit of the second vice second VP position really can't believe it it's been a dream something I've thought about and and now for it to be in front of us here it's just something that I that I'm been really excited about phenomenal yeah I mean it's something that you know it's one of the things you've mentioned um, in your written statement, but also in recent social media posts that you're a firm believer in the slogan, Together We Rise, and that's actually going to be the title of this podcast episode. And, you know, it's really been something that if you look at your growth track within our industry, but then also within N4A, it's something that you've really done. Um, you've leaned on others, but you've also been a uh, crucial member of really fostering the type of growth and evolution that transcends what we need as an association, but then also just as a profession. Um, So with that being said, uh, what principles do you base your leadership style off of? Yeah, great question, Jack. You know, Thinking back to the national convention in Dallas, Texas, 2011, I met a guy named Commander Mark McGinnis, who uh, is a Navy SEAL, who gave a small breakout session on leadership. At the time, it was hosted by a company called Game Theory, which is now Game Plan. And, you know, here's a guy that's become a mentor to me that that had a very simple message that day that I never forgot, and and I have implemented that as I've tried to lead, and it was this. Focus, trust, and communication. And for me, that's really been focused on the task at hand and what I can control, what we can control, build relationships and work to establish trust with our colleagues and staff members, and then work as hard as I can to find efficient and effective ways to communicate. You know, how to get information to people who need it in a proactive and concise way, which helps them then be successful. So I try to lead in a focused and trusting way. I think at the end of the day, success for me as a leader is that colleagues feel that I cared about them you know, that I pushed and challenged the status quo to help individuals and to help the organization grow. So my style that I try to incorporate into everything I do is based on that memory of that convention in Dallas where I heard such an eloquent and simple message, the foundation of successful teams and organizations is with focus, trust, and communication. And I'm indebted, you know, to to Commander McGinnis for his mentorship because that day it changed the way that I leadership and it will help in the way that I lead our association forward. And when you talk about pushing the status quo, I mean, that's something that N4A really had to do um, even during your time serving 
on the board of directors of that name change of adding student athlete development practitioners to the name of our association, as well as building out the infra the infrastructure, which is our strategic plan. So uh, thinking about that, you know, um, with focusing on focus, trust, and communication, how does your leadership style align with both the mission and vision of N4A? As you mentioned, Jack, I, I was had the opportunity to serve when we made the name change. And not only did I work on staff at Arizona State with Gene Boyd, I worked under Gene as he led our association through this name change. And there's no better visionary, in my opinion, than Gene Boyd, who can see the forest through the trees. He knew where we needed to go, and he was the guy to get us there. Um, I think that he was in that seat for a reason at that time. And what you see now is this expansion of our membership, this expansion of the services we're able to provide, and this inclusion of people that do our work every day due to that vision that he had, and then the people that he surrounded himself with on that executive team and on that board of directors that were able to carry out that vision that he had. You know, another thing I remember talking about in those times was this idea of becoming a global leader. And I, be, I believe that inspires me to think about how do we be the most experienced, the most out front, the most attentive to the changing landscape of intercollegiate athletics. You know, student-athlete academic services and student-athlete development needs. Our world continues to change. The landscape continues to change, and we need to continue to be the expert in the room as it relates to the student-athlete needs and, and challenges. So, you know, I believe that my style of focus on the main thing is the main thing, the things that we need to attend to in this day and age, this new normal, if you will. Uh, build trusting relationships so that I also surround myself with people who can help execute the vision, you know, as we, as we saw Gene do under his, during his presidency. And then communicate with our multiple constituents, you know, the academic side, the student-athlete development side, the way that our organizational structure has, has expanded, that has provided more opportunity for people to serve in leadership positions, and I intend to inspire and empower those people to continue to help us elevate, to help us continue to be the global leader. So tying all those experiences I had together, man, was a great example for how I can continue to carry the torch and continue to move us forward as those great leaders have done. It really comes down to the evolution of our association and you know it's something that as you just mentioned you played a really crucial part in and it's um it's, it's either you're growing or uh, you're dying and um you know it's something that as the needs of our athletes continue to change we need to rise up to the occasion so that we can make sure that we hit home runs instead of striking out so um with that being said uh why is the slogan that I mentioned uh, briefly before, together we rise, so imperative to you as a leader. Yeah, you know, 
there's nothing there's nothing I enjoy more. I've learned this about myself. There's nothing I enjoy more than being part of a team. And I believe in the mantra, you know, if you if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And together we rise is motivating to me. It makes me feel part of a, of something bigger than myself. You know, the we in there communicates that no matter our differences or our roles or our years in the profession, we're in this together. We share a common thread, which is to help others. Rise is this idea that we will remain optimistic. You know, we won't give up whenever we're knocked down. We will rise to the occasion. When needed and, and faced with adversity, I've seen my colleagues in this profession rise to the occasion. You know, you think about the slogan that came to us recently, we are in play, which for me evokes pride in being a member of this association and this profession. And, and together we rise, for me, it evokes action. It communicates a posture of perseverance and advancement. And I first heard that those three words put together uh, during my time at Appalachian State as athletics uh, had used that as a mantra, um, you know, to kind of inspire things around them there at App State. And, and I fell in love with it, man. And it's just something that, as I said, it motivates me. Um, and I hope that it motivates and brings us together as an association. And, you know, looking back at all the different campaigns and all the different platforms that people have used, I think Together We Rise is something we can all get behind and come together, especially now in today's day and age with, with needing to kind of pick ourselves up, figure out a new way to do things. And, and I'm just excited about it, man, and I can't wait to continue to use that slogan to kind of bring us together as an association. I love it. So, you know, being part of um, second vice president, one of the primary duties is overseeing four essential areas that, you know, I think some action can be taken in. And uh, those areas are membership services, academic and learning services, student-athlete enhancement, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. So uh, with that being said, what is one specific way that we could enhance each of these areas, starting first off with membership services? Yeah, you know, again, you know, privilege opportunity to serve on the board when we restructured the, the, the org chart and we identified what's most important to our thriving association and then we we knew right away that we had to have great people who could lead each of those areas, right? And what I would continue to do for each of them, Jack, is to ensure that we have forward-thinking, innovative, and passionate professionals who continue to lead, lead those areas. Uh, I had to watch the – I got a chance to watch the work of this membership services committee who does a lot of the orientation and onboarding and recruitment stuff, for the, and it's phenomenal. I mean, it's first class, the work that they do. Um, you know, so many N4A committees have been successful due to the focus and dedication and pride that people within our industry have in making a difference. Exceptional work has been done by all four of these areas and my involvement 
will be to continue to encourage these individuals to continue to take, you know, take other steps. Membership services, I remember when we did a campaign where we reached out via, via a phone call um, to ask individuals maybe why they hadn't renewed or if they would like to re-renew and, and, and develop that personal relationship. You know, academic and learning services is more of a, is a newer area within the organizational structure, but none more important, arguably, than the things that are happening within that space. Student-athlete enhancement, you know, really focused on the work of our student-athlete development professionals, the leadership, life skills that, that, that incurs on our campuses each and every day, um, and then diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, I love being on staff where the diversity of thought, the diversity of experience, the diversity of perspective can come together and, and design one common goal and then use all of our previous experience and expertise to work toward that. One of the things that really in, motivated me, man, that I was so – I don't know, just inspired about when I got to Maryland, is our entire staff has worked at so many different places that they bring such a rich history of experience. And to be able to utilize all that and bring it together under our one Maryland concept, man, to me was so is, is just so powerful. So really I believe that the success of our structure and association overall will be critical to have, you know, very innovative, forward-thinking, and passionate professionals continue to lead those areas. And as VP2, I know I will be have a chance to work with them directly in this next academic year, and it's something I can't wait to do. Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to, you know, having that trust in who's in those positions, really, and in, in communicating with them effectively. That's right. Um, and it's something that, you know, based off of your own leadership style and um, the slogan, Together We Rise, that you hold so dearly to your heart, um, that's, you know, something that I believe that you could do really, really well at is leaning on others in order to empower our association as a whole. Um, so another question that I had is that you mentioned in your written statement that you will bring an innovative and solution-focused mindset to your role if elected as second vice president of N4A. Uh, can you provide examples of how you've employed this mindset in the past roles you, you've held within N4A? Yeah, absolutely, Jack. You know, as I mentioned, when, when Gene Boyd asked me to serve as parliamentarian on the board of directors in 2015, you know, I remember I remember where I was. I was, you know, in the car driving, got the phone call on the cell phone, and, and just was humbled, just was honored. You know, all, all those years previous as a member of the association, it was a dream come true. You know, the role to assist the N4A president in conducting, you know, the parliamentarian position, which I was in, really about helping the president conduct uh, productive meetings. It's being a steward of the association bylaws, 
it's ensuring you know proper voting procedures are followed among other duties that are assigned and I'll never forget that call from Gene when he said hey we just need your voice and what I took that as is he trusted me knowing that he worked with me at Arizona State that he trusted me to bring new ideas and I wanted to bring fresh perspective and new ideas, a varying perspective, and I wanted to and I wanted to provide inspiration. Um, I wanted to be supportive. I wanted to listen, and I wanted to connect with people and connect people to ideas. You know, and those I think those characteristics are what allowed me to stay in that role for three years and serve under Presidents Boyd and Ken Miles and and also Mike Mead. And so. I believe one of the things I've been blessed with as a leader is the ability to kind of connect different ideas to find a way to execute the goal and to bring the right people into the right positions at the right time um, who believe together that we can take another step, that we can rise to the occasion and then really just get out front and, and, and kind of pave the way, if you will. So identify these innovative, solution-focused ways that we together collectively need to help our association rise and then be the person who's able to carry the torch when needed or to pass the torch when it's outside of my realm of expertise, but knowing who that person needs to be to help us continue to move the needle. And so that's who I want to be. Uh, I think that's who Gene saw me as, somebody who could bring ideas, think outside the box, a different perspective, and be inspirational. And that's what I want our association to see me as, as the second vice president. So really having that acute uh, uh, attention to detail and having that strong emotional intelligence um, EQ to really enthrust people into positions, not only where they would be good at, but thrive so that our association overall could thrive, correct? Absolutely. That's absolutely right. So when you're thinking about it from a grander perspective, from transitioning past the um, role that you hold within the board of directors currently, um, if elected as, you know, second vice president, um, how would you leverage that mindset in that in that role. I'm sorry, Jack, can you repeat that? Yeah, so how would you leverage the mindset of really interesting people into positions of strength as being uh, second vice president of N4A, seeming as you would have more of a um, control over movements that are even outside of the board of directors? Yeah, great question. You know, as with a lot of organizations, I believe ours is about relationships. And I would make myself and be available for folks to be able to call and bounce ideas off of. And I would make sure that they were connected to the vision of the current president, connected to the vision of the executive board, and that they understood how executing their role day-to-day and the communication that they have within their areas, within the committees that they oversee, 
is connected with the vision and mission of the association as a whole. I would really put myself in the position of a conduit of information, somebody who would encourage and support, you know, ideas and take them up to the executive team, take them to the current president um, so that we could get the voice of everybody um, that's involved at that committee level and at those area levels. So I also have a lot of trust in people that I've had a chance to work with across the nation in academic services for student-athletes that I would call and lean on to say, who do you know who would, would have an interest in, you know, running for this position that I would then have a chance to oversee? Who would, who would we work well with? Who would I work well with together uh, to be able to implement and take us to another level? And so really just leveraging those relationships and, and having a chance, man, to work with the people that are going to oversee those areas and then entrusting them through their leadership ability to work down um, through the committees and through the people that they work with then to bring ideas back up to us on the executive team. I love that answer. And, you know, when, when you think about the relationship piece of it, um, for me – I'm a firm believer that the majority of, of lessons are are learned through direct or indirect relationships with like-minded individuals. And, you know, reading your written statement, that's something that I could tell you uh, glean a lot from as well. So um, you've been with N4A since you first started at Penn State. And um, you've risen your way up through these ranks. Throughout the written statement, you mentioned that you had learned a lot of lessons as being a part of this association. So if you could choose the most impactful life lesson that you've, that you've learned through your engagement within, within N4A, what would it be and why? Yeah, great question. And, really an opportunity going through this process uh, to become a candidate, to really reflect on what this experience is, you know, has meant to me. And another mentor of mine is a guy named Lee Rubin, and I heard him say that bonds are formed under heat and pressure. And, you know, our members understand the challenges and opportunities associated, you know, with working with student-athletes, coaches, faculty, administration, you name it. And we have a unique lens into the student-athlete experience. And through N4A, you know, I've been blessed with a network of professionals who, who get it. I mean, you know, you do the work, you get it. And those relationships formed have, have strengthened um, – have been strengthened through this commonality of heart that we have because we share this job. And N4A has affirmed for me the importance of being in a profession that you love, and that's way more important than just being in a job. It's become a way of life, and I think that that hopefully came through in my written statement. You know, I mentioned in that statement that N4A is woven into the fabric of everything I do. And that's true. And N4A members are some of my closest friends. They're, they're the people I trust, the people that I will lay it on the line for, and the reason that I wanted to run for second vice president. So it's taught me, man, just the value of, of 
the bonds that can be formed when you're in something with other people that you learn to love and trust, man. Bonds are formed under heat and pressure. And to be in a room talking about challenging things with people who get it and people who care about you just as much you care about them, it really introduces you, man, to the strength of, you know, relationships. And so that's what this N4A has meant. That's what it's taught me. Uh, the most impactful life lesson, man, that it taught me is the importance of bonds, of being it, being in it with people, man, that, that you love because you're kind of going through something, heat and pressure together, the challenges associated with the position. As a family-based aspect of it, too, because I am a firm believer in that as well. A lot of my closest colleagues have been formed through N4A, and um, it's really just the commonality of interests and passions that are shared. Um, so looking past that um, and really looking at the values of, of bonds being formed involved with the type of legacy that you've already created for yourself within, N within N4A, um, if you were elected as second vice president, what would be the legacy that you would want to in N4A? Yeah, great question. And I think I would want people to feel like, you know, during his tenure, our, our association grew, that it improved, that it got better. Um, you know, I read an article recently referencing this idea of the new normal, and it encouraged us to instead find a better normal. And I want, you know, my legacy to be, hey, we found a better normal as an association. You know, leaders that I admire, they're not afraid to take risks. They're not, they're not afraid to try something new. And, and leaders I admire lead from the heart. You know, they're more concerned with doing the right thing versus the easier popular thing. And I hope that's what my legacy will be. I love it because, you know, sometimes the unpopular thing at, the, at that time uh, turns out to be something that is remembered. I mean, you can see it even now with what our landscape of sports going through with Colin Kaepernick and how he's being revered now compared to how he was four years ago. So I completely agree with those um, statements. Um, and then the final uh, piece is, do you have any other closing remarks, any um, thing that you want to uh, maybe instill to our membership uh, to reinforce your um, position on why you should be elected as second vice president? Well, Jack, you know, I just encourage, you know, your listeners to, uh, you know, go back to the link and, and review my written statement and my, and my video and encourage folks to, you know, can't wait till we do our virtual convention and all of us candidates will be part of that opening ceremony and have an opportunity to answer some questions and, and uh, you know, folks will be able to hear from us there as well. And, you know, over the course of my time in profession and as a member of N4A, I often pondered, you know, a run for president as an opportunity really just to give back to an association that has given so much to me. And it's crazy to think that I'm in the mix this year, you know, and, and it's such an unprecedented time. 
and, you know, the opportunity to stand behind the podium and give a speech and share that moment with colleagues won't happen because we can't be together in Vegas. But, but in a way, I think this moment in time kind of fits what I hope my legacy becomes, you know, that, that I put myself out there, you know, when it's not a normal time, what's not an easy time, it's not a comfortable time. So in some ways it makes sense. You know, in some ways it speaks to my career and, and what I hope, you know, the next phase of my career becomes. And But, Jack, really, you know, I, I appreciate you providing this platform, as I mentioned, and the opportunity to share today. I guess I'll close with this, you know, vote Rourke VP2 2020 because together we rise because we are in 4A. I love it. Thank you so much for the time. And uh, I appreciate all that you've done and will continue to do for our association, Brady. Hey, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast. Make sure to tune in to additional episodes coming to your podcast platform soon. And as always, continue to live a life full of virtue.